Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! Welcome to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, our interview today is with Hector Mire, and he's from Faith and Fandom. He's written several books uh, taking nerd culture like we talk about on, on our episodes and having a devotion that goes with those. Uh, I've enjoyed those. He talks about how you can read all of those for free, or if you want to support him, how you can do that on the episode. So if you're looking for a good devotion to read, check it out. It would be uh, worth your time, definitely. But today we're going to be talking about the animated series Primal by Gandhi Tartakovsky. He did uh, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, Unicorn Warriors Eternal, and this show, Primal. And if you've never heard of it, it is one that um, I don't remember how it came across my screen, but... uh, it is kind of crazy, the celebrities that have said, this is a great show, you got to check it out. So you may want to listen. Even if cartoons aren't your thing, this is, this is not your little kid's cartoon. All right, It's not your, uh, your classic cartoon. It is, it is art. So, um, so make sure you stay tuned for the interview. You'll enjoy it. A couple of recommendations. Uh, are, what have you been reading, listening to, whatever else has been getting a little long in the two? So I thought, you know what, I'll just highlight one or two things, and we'll talk about those. So I have two recommendations for you, two of them. The first is something for you to watch. If you're looking for a new series to check out, I encourage you to check out Station Eleven. It's on HBO Max. It's not a new series. It's been around for a while, and I've had several recommend, like, you've got to watch this, you got to check it out. And I haven't uh, really, for the lamest reason, that the cover art of it, I was like, that doesn't really draw me in. Um, there's a female protagonist? No, thank you. Uh, so I did check it out, though, and I watched it in the course of a weekend, and it is excellent. It is really good. Um, it's a sci-fi, post-apocalyptic mo- uh, uh, series that's based on a flu pandemic. Now, that may throw some of you guys out and go, that's not my thing, and I get it. You know, it may not, It's not for everybody, but I would really check it out. Uh, if you're looking for something, give it a couple episodes and see if it draws you in. It's only 10 episodes. It's a single season. I don't think they're going back for more. And I highlight this show because very rarely have I been so pleased with a series arc, length, ending. It is it is a well-told story in a finite number of episodes, a bow on the end, and you go, this is a good story. This is a good story. So I would have you check it out. I don't want to give any spoilers. I really don't. Watch it. You will be wondering what's going on kind of all throughout Um but if you stick with it to the end, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll really enjoy it. So that's on HBO Max, Station 11, 10 episodes. I watched it, like I said, in a weekend, uh, and it was really good. Really good, so check that out. If you're looking for something to read, why not pick the book that we're going to be talking about for the Next Gen Nerd Book Club? Uh, we're going to be talking about that on August 5th. So you've got a few more weeks to finish the book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It uh, is the prequel to the Hunger Games trilogy. And while it's not as good as the Hunger Games trilogy, I'm enjoying it. I'm about two-thirds of the way through it's well told. It's it's well told. It's a good story. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see kind of where it goes to the end. Uh, so if you're looking for something to read, pick that up. you got a few more weeks to read it, read it, and we're going to discuss it on Twitch. And if you want to discuss it, um, if you just want to kind of watch the discussion, maybe add a comment or two, Twitch is going to be a great way to do that because it's going to be um, set up that way, to be live, that you can put in your questions and we can talk about those things. But if you would like to discuss it with me um 
via video or uh, even just audio chat, let me know so we can set that up so you can be part of the Twitch stream. But it's going to be on August 5th in the afternoon. It's a Saturday. Uh, we're going to talk about the book and what we liked about it, what we didn't, uh, kind of how we do a lot of our episodes. And we'll take that, and it'll be an episode on the podcast at a future time. Um, but, yeah, I think I think you would enjoy that as well. Uh, again, August 5th on Twitch. We're talking about the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and check it out because it'd be good uh what would you recommend for me leave a comment for us on our youtube send me an email nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com let me know what you think i should check out because i'm always looking for trying something so uh so send that to me so i can check those things out and i think that's it uh so it's time to start the interview let's get nerdy and i'm excited to have hector Mire with us on the show i uh this is actually hector and i's first face-to-face conversation uh i first had an encounter with hector on the online lt uh love thy nerd con ltn con during the pandemic and i was telling him that his presentation of what was it 20 20 ways to show jesus at a con something like yeah. that uh like that was one of i, I watched that and i went these are my people like these are the ones that i really need to connect with uh and i remember telling bubba at um uh, one of the first, I think it was the first time I talked with him on Zoom. That was the same thing, and he's like, "Listen, Hector is the same. That is Hector, like he, all the time." And uh, I hear that about myself as well. When uh, when I preach, that is who I am. When I do, uh, there there is there is no multifaceted CJ. You, you get what you get. So, Hector, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, as you can, if you're watching this on video, you can probably tell I'm a little moist. My house is without AC right now. Still, so. I saw that the other day. Dang, dude. I'm like, it'll be, it's going to be, it's three weeks to maybe a month. Just, they're just waiting on parts and <laughs> it's a whole chaos. And, man, dude, I'd be recording on my phone somewhere else. Like, I'm sorry. You're going to have sorry audio quality because I am not sitting in this. Well, I did, I did a podcast yesterday with the guys at a Rushmore podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, I took it to my church office and, you know, did it there. And I was like, the lighting's bad. It's boring in here. I'm just going to do it. House <laughs> and sweat. Well, at least you don't have to worry about the AC noise causing any kind of interference with your audio. There's no uh, kicking on and giving any kind of static. So that's uh, that's sweet. Well, Hector, uh, a couple of questions I'd like to ask our guests up front. The first is what's something exciting or life giving going on in your life right now? Just to get a little little peek in who Hector is. Well, uh, summer summer for me is my busy season um of like june through august is like white knuckle ball like just crazy the whole way um i uh you can say speak- balls to the wall i'm okay, okay. with you saying that yeah <laughs> i was about to say i was like hold on let me put the brakes you're good uh, <laughs> um but it is and uh like uh so i this week is the first week i'm at my house in three weeks okay um i i had a big con in charlotte north carolina i spoke at a camp in Orlando, Florida. I spoke in a camp in Minton, Alabama. Uh, I'm doing. I'm leading music for a group or for a, like a service team this week, and then uh, Sunday I go speak at another camp, and then off and off and like uh, then this Saturday I'm DJing a wedding. So it's just like there's I July first was the only day between June and August I didn't have something scheduled. Okay, all right. So, yeah, so busy season. Busy season, but it, it's good. Like I get to do like a geek church service at Galaxy Con coming up, and that's the biggest show I'll do the whole year, and that's been good. 
Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so Orlando, so I'm based out of Florida as well. Uh, okay. I'm about uh, two hours north of Orlando. Um, if you look at a map of Florida and you go, where's the furthest point from water? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm right in the meat of the armpit is what I tell people, right? In the meat of the armpit of Florida um, is is where, where I'm uh, at. So I enjoy going to Orlando. Glad you had a good time in Orlando. So um, I'm in, really enjoying the background. So if you're not watching on YouTube, you can go over at Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Actually, just at Next Gen underscore Nerd. Um, and check out this background. Uh, I'm, I see the red hood hanging up there. Very sweet. Is that an? Is that a? What's the black and white mask? Is that the the Mario? Um, Shy guy. That nice, nice, very nice. And, so, and the, the Red Hood mask is actually autographed by Curran Walters, the guy who played Red Hood and Titans. Nice, That's... very nice. When I just finished that series as well, I don't know, Friday, Saturday, one of those days. Um, what were your thoughts on season four? Okay, so the face says it all. The face says it all. Okay, all right. I'm like, well, uh... I, Brother Blood would not have been in my top 20 life choices for. <laughs> Like uh, a whole season of show, let alone their final season. I understand they tried to wrap stuff up and tried to make it concise and everything, but I felt like it was. I felt like there had to be points where these guys were making the show like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> yeah, it was it was a rough fourth season, and two splitting it in the middle. the The second half felt like it could have been squished into one episode and then us have an actual villain for the rest of the second half of season four. But I don't know. That may be just me. I don't know. But uh, I was, it was not my favorite season, not my favorite season. Um, no. Yeah. I think they were trying <laughs> to find their way there. They were trying to find their way. So uh, besides um, primal, we're talking about primal. Uh, you're a big fan of, of Titans. I can see uh, Gotham Knights posted there in the background. What are some other big nerdy interests you've got? Well, Red Hood is probably one of my favorite things. Um, uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I've got nice. a kid named I've got a kid named after a Doctor Who character. Okay. Um, uh, I'm a lot more into Star Wars now. I like okay. I've always been a Star Wars person, but like um, since the pandemic and since my kids have grown older, mm. we're like a lot more into it because we watched Clone Wars and everything during the pandemic and you know went through down that whole route. Like my kid, my youngest child was keeping us awake last night watching the phantom menace and i'm like i can't complain about any of this <laughs> um i'm also a big nintendo person like uh i've spent a large amount of my not required adulting time the last eight weeks playing zelda and okay. uh so yeah it's been good nice very nice uh a lot, a lot of crossover there my biggest claim to nerd fame uh star wars related i was part of a six thousand member post by post Star Wars role playing forum uh, and I was one of the admins on there and so we would each have Star Wars characters related characters and we would um write out these basically just writing fan fiction is what it was and I always say that's the nerdiest thing I've ever done in my life was that um but it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun writing characters um yeah probably one of my favorite ones to write was uh if you were to mash up Han Solo and Deadpool that's kind of what he became uh was this really smart alecky mercenary Han Solo character it's a lot of fun a lot of fun but we are here to talk about Primal uh for those that are uninitiated into what Primal is Primal is a cartoon by Gendy Tart Tartofsky I'm never going to get that one right uh set 
I'm not sure. We're going to talk about where we think it was set. I originally thought it was set in prehistoric times. Uh, it follows Spear, which is basically a caveman, uh, and his best friend, Fang, which is a tiny Tyrannosaurus Rex, or maybe a normal-sized Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he's just a big dude. Not sure, but it follows uh, their adventures as they try to survive in a very cruel world filled with giant alien or not alien monsters, but giant earthly monsters, like animalistic monsters. Uh, and then uh, it gets a little different in season two. And we'll get into that in a little while. Um, but it, all these episodes are found on HBO max or max, I guess at this point. And they're about 30 minutes long, actually they're less than 30 minutes long. So if you just want something quick, check it out. But it is a, I, I thought a very, um, beautifully done series. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. It's all show me, not tell me. And uh, I thought it was really great. So, so Hector, what did you love about Primal, or why did that stick out to you when I mentioned these are some things I'd like to talk about? And you said Primal all day long. Um, well, first off, the visual storytelling of it is pretty much unmatched for a lot of stuff in recent years to me. Um, I'm a big fan of. I'm also going to butcher his name, Jindy Tartovsky. Um. Like anything his name's on, I'm usually down for because, you know, he's like Powerpuff Girls. He's, you know, Samurai Jack. He's, you know, that stuff. So I'm like, and this is I feel like this is the more modern, not well, far from modern, but I feel like this is the more recent equivalent of Samurai Jack. Mm. And I feel because Samurai Jack wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was a lot of pensive looks and music and everything else. And I feel like this is like this scratched my Samurai Jack itch. Um, but honestly, just the, the fact you could tell a story that well with so little dialogue ever spoken. Yeah. Uh, that's just what got me. And I originally um, picked up the show because at some point, Chris Evans tweeted. Um, I just watched all of season one of Primal on one day. Um, I need more. Um, and I was like, what is he talking about? And then I right. looked it up and I was like, okay, cool. And kind of went down the same, uh, trail for me. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, um, funny enough, I did not, uh, I, I never watched Samurai Jack. Uh, I was, I grew up watching Dexter's Laboratory. Uh, I have watched those episodes so many times, so many times. Um, and so when I saw that that was connected to him, I was like, oh, I've got to check this out. Uh, and then um, Unicorn Warriors Eternal, which I'm doing another episode uh, in, in a little while on that one as well, is also same guy. Uh, and then I found a picture, and it was all of them and Samurai Jack. And I was like, oh, Samurai Jack was by him too? Add to list. Add to list. So I started to watch the first episode yesterday, and I was just exhausted. We were – anyways, 4th of July week, exhausted. Got yeah. 10 minutes in, and I thought, I'll watch this when I'm a little more awake. Um, but no, I agree. I In fact, you know, the the – the lack of dialogue I thought was extremely um, – it, it, I, I thought it was done well. It drew you in. Uh, the fact that I couldn't put it in the background while I was doing something else because there was no dialogue to listen to, like I had to actually focus on it, um, was a draw. And when they actually started using language, which for – spoiler alert, season two, I don't know what language they're speaking, um, but uh, it was more of a distraction. I was like, don't – why do they Why do they even talk? Like I don't, I, I don't understand what they're saying, and I, it doesn't add anything to the story. Um, in fact, the only word that I could ever say was actually uttered on the show was Mira, and that was that character's name. That was it. That's the only one. That one episode that was uh, like a future episode or whatever. Yes. Oh, that's threw true. Me, that was that one. Yes. yes that threw me off so bad because like I sat down on my couch and I like looked down for a second and I heard English and I'm like, the what? <laughs> so I forgot about that. And that's early on in season two. 
And so, um, and so when you said that you're in for a wild ride, and I got to that episode, and I was like, "Are we done?" Like, because it it was like it wrapped up, it wrapped up Spears' story ish, you know, like it was there was a bow on it, and then there was this one. I'm going, is it just weird stuff from here on out? And it does go back and it follows Spear, uh, and I thought that was uh, an interesting, I guess, change of pace. But uh, again, it was, I don't know, I don't know, and maybe that was. The, the exposition dump we would typically get in chapter one that they just stuck in season two, chapter four or whatever. But um but no, I really I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So now before we get into uh the well we kind of did the next question, which is how does it feel different from other cartoon series? But um couple questions. Your thoughts on this. Uh most of it seemed somewhat naturalistic. You know, there's giant bats, there's giant snakes, there's giant whatever, you know, like there's there's a thing. And then we got into a couple episodes where there was this weird magic. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> this this felt like a, a departure from it. So your thoughts on the weird magic episodes, because there was the little druid people, shaman looking people. Um, and then there was the weird Viking magic in season two. Uh, your thoughts on on the everything? I mean, because those felt out of place given everything else that was going on to me. What were your thoughts on the uh, inclusion of magic there? Well, because of like one, yeah, I agree. It did feel like out of place, but I feel like one of the things that we see pretty heavily in season two is that they kept throwing things at us to take us out of our comfort zone with it. Because if you've watched season one, you're like, okay, spear and fang, spear and fang. This is, you know, this is what we do. Um, And then they'll throw in something like where you're just absolutely not expecting it. And you have to like hone a little bit more. Um, I feel like for the Druid and the Viking um, magic choice, I feel is the best choice they could have made with it. Um, Just because those are the more primal, um, you know, aspect like magic forces that you see is like, those are the more down to earth uh, ground and planetary things, magics. Um, Still a weird choice. (laughs) Still, (laughs) Still not something I would have gone with. Um, And it definitely threw me off, but like, I really did think at that point in time, they were just throwing stuff at us to like make us not just expect here's another dinosaur episode. Um, But I I, I did think it was like odd. And it's like uh, my 10 year old or nine year old at that point had walked through the house. He's like, Oh, this is creepy. Um, Listen, there were there was a, a a stretch of like two weeks where every time my kids came to my room, it was, I had to pause because I was watching. I'd watched The Last of Us. I'd watched this. I was watching Titans. Like, oh, a little creepy, a little creepy. Sorry, a little creepy. Season four, Brother Blood. That's yeah, that's weird. Um, so yeah, so I'm there. Uh, I mentioned the time when we had Vikings with full on armor show up on ships. I was like, where did spear come from like is he some slow kid on an island off in the middle of nowhere it was that was that was more jarring for me than even the magic that 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 shift in my perceived time of you know hundred thousand years ago and then you know as a christian young earth creationist of course you know i go okay these would all be together i get that but uh from a, a from Tartovsky's storytelling. I was like, what time period are we in right now? I was having trouble with that one. Your thoughts on the, I mean, cause it was, we had seemingly ancient Egyptians, Mesopotamians, Vikings, cavemen, dinosaurs, all just chilling, all just chilling in the same melting pot. 
Well, I think honestly, it really boils down to like a continental um, aspect of like certain civilizations advanced faster than others. Okay. Yeah. And so all it took was like, you know, a few technological advances or, you know, invention here and there in one region for that to circulate. Mm. Um, and those without that just stayed where they were. Mm. Um, it's just like the same, like, you know, I lived in, I spent my first decade of adult life living in the woods at a summer camp and like you couldn't get like phone signal or <laughs> internet out in the woods. And it's like, you know, 2009 and I still can't get Wi-Fi. So like, you know, I looked like I came in comparatively <laughs> speaking. True, true. And I got you. I, I just, I just think it. I just think he lived in a region where it was still at its. He he lived in the the deep south of Mesopotamia or That's whatever. It. That's it. Madagascar. He was on Madagascar with the rest of the creatures. Uh, yeah, or something. It was. That was that, that was the one thing that I was going. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm trying to track. It was fun watching him pick up um uh a forged sword a forged blade and go this thing is much more effective than the spear that i've been using up until this point um that was that was a that was a fun fun bit fun bit so um from a storytelling perspective there were definitely some some more emotional episodes here uh you know i was talking to my wife she had she watched i think 30 seconds of one episode and said this is not for me not my thing um but there were i'm a big fan of relationship driven stories uh Honestly, that's one of my reasons why I don't like the first Avengers movie is because I don't feel like there's a whole lot of relationship-driven stuff. All the relationships took place in the other movies, and then we're just going to throw them together and have it be um, uh, plot-driven, I guess. Um, I really enjoy the relationship-driven nature of the show between Spear and Fang, uh, You know, starting off as, as enemies and becoming much more than that, uh, and the addition of... Um, uh, of Mira and and that relationship and um Fang having eggs and then children and there there was there was so much that was going on there um and then you almost forget about the trauma from the first episode where Spear loses his whole family you know and he's dealing with that as he goes and especially uh again spoiler alert watch the show if you haven't watched it yet but um that those last couple episodes were so emotionally hard for me as a dad and as a as a husband getting through with with Spear feeling isolated, feeling like there's not really a place for him. That Fang has her family, Mira's back with her people, uh, and he was kind of withdrawn. Um, those were very challenging for me to to sit through, um, just because of the the depth there. Were great storytelling. Um, what were your thoughts as a dad watching this show, these things going on? Um, uh, it was hard for me. What about you? I felt like uh, uh, this show in a lot of ways expressed things that dads, that husbands, that men in general feel, but don't verbalize, mm. which is even more funny because the show expressed it without verbalizing it <laughs> which maybe that's how they were able to do it like you can't talk your way out of it you can't say i'm tough i'm good uh maybe that was it <laughs> but as and i just thought that was kind of like a beautiful irony there's like they're literally expressing all the stuff we don't talk about without talking about it um and but it was hard i mean there was like 
from from the gate like the the losses in the first episode down to the isolation to the when uh spear was jealous over fang's new like relationship and like that jealousy and everything it's like they went through the gamut together mm-hmm. um and like I, I was like i remember getting to the episode near the end where uh spear was feeling isolated and i was like mm, i don't need this for my emotional and mental health right now it's like it's like i because i remember i came like i'd preached uh sunday morning and i'd come home and i was like trying to like squeeze an episode in before i took a nap and i'm like i uh-uh, i can't mm. do this yeah, <laughs> it, was, like, it was just there, there was a lot there i i, and I think that they they ended season two in just a really great place. Um, I have, I mean, they could not do a season three and be fine, but I, I would be interested to see kind of where they may take season three if they were to were to try to do that. Um, I really love the story, but there are definitely things I mentioned already a few that that were kind of challenging for me um, that I might have changed. Is there anything in the in the story that you would have changed? Anything that you didn't really like that you thought we could have done this differently or changed this um, overall? Uh. Just the uh, the literal hard break at the end of season two of like mm-hmm. um like like I'm on fire I'm a dad the end I'm like yes I'm like I felt like that could have been fleshed out a little more yeah. I don't know um but I also I don't know if that's me complaining about the, the execution or just the fact that I didn't like that it was over mm-hmm. um because I have to I have to be very cautious of my opinions on things like that because I might just be wounded because mm. like same thing i came out of across the spider verse and somebody asked my opinion i'm like i'm not giving you an opinion right now my feelings are hurt <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't know that there's anything i would have done differently or had a real complaint with right um because the reality is i this isn't a story i could have told mm. um if you would have in a million years said all right tell me a good story and this wouldn't have been it right, um right which is why I really enjoyed how it takes place. And um, I don't know, like the, uh, I think one of the, my favorite things was the, um, the viral episode, like the zombie episode. Yep. Yep. And I, I thought that was incredibly like heart pounding. Like I was like, Oh, I'm invested. This is scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so like, I would have, I guess I could have done with a little more of that because I didn't necessarily feel like great danger. Mm. very often because i'm like it's a t-rex and a a caveman they're gonna they're gonna make it through this i think the one of the only times that i felt like truly like oh no was that like viral episode now i knew they were gonna get out of it because it wasn't over but i was just like i was like i could i could do with a little more of that but (laughs) no i got you i got you so um i'm remembering certain other episodes i remember one of the ones that was uh being adrift at sea is kind of terrifying to me. And so that episode where they were just wandering was whatever. Uh, I would say if there's something that would change, um, I felt like taking Scorpion, which that was who the fire monster was at the end, right? Like that was like that was what they were trying to insinuate. Having removing his humanity, which was the only really redeeming characteristic. That was a very tough, challenging episode that you were cheering for spear and fang and mira to kill the entire viking village and then dad shows back up and is crushed by the loss of his family and you're like ooh, mm, that was kind of painful that was a little hard removing his humanity i thought kind of stole from that end story you know what i mean that that if it could have been still been scorpion human scorpion that had found some way that he was no longer attached to anybody else uh and even you know if fang was 
or uh, a spear was somewhat isolated as well from if he had been isolated from Fang and from Mira and he was on his own and Scorpion had shown up and it was the two of them lost. What you know, I, I would have enjoyed that as a more emotionally bow tied on its ending, you know, than than a giant lava monster. But um but like you said, other than that, I mean I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed the series. Um I would have liked some more uh and I know that it, it's the way it goes in a TV show that in the set in the later seasons you can do a three episode arc. Um like when they were uh was it Coliseus? Was that the I think that was the three episode arc. Having those stories tied together for several episodes, I enjoyed that. So they could flesh something out in 60 minutes instead of 22 minutes. Um, you don't get those a lot in the first season because they're more episodic. There's a new character, a new creature, new creature, new creature, new creature, new creature, new creature. Um, but I enjoyed those. I would have liked to have seen more of those and maybe they'll find that maybe they will go that way. I, don't, I haven't seen anything that they're not doing a season three or they are doing a season three. Um, yeah. But I would, I would watch a season of, of, of baby spear. I'd watch a season of baby spear. <laughs> I, and here's I took for every episode, especially in season two, to say, you know what? I'm just grateful we got a season two. There you go. So, there you go. <laughs> I was like, because like in a in an era where everything gets canceled really quickly, yes, or good or terrible things go on forever. I was like, oh, it's got two seasons. I'm grateful. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so like I said, I haven't seen that there is going to be a third season. But if you could take a spinoff or a sequel somewhere, where would you want to see uh, more? story development in this world of primal i think the next or i don't know that it's where i'd want it to go but i think the next organic step would be because we are progressing with civilization i think we start heading towards dinosaur extinction mm. yeah like like maybe climate change maybe meteor maybe whatever but like we're getting to the point where if you've got vikings and you've got like you know, Egyptians and you've got all these other cultures that are rising up, building technology and all this stuff that there's not going to be a lot of room for the the wild to remain wild. I got you. Um, no, that would, that, that would be very interesting. Very interesting. Even, even if you jump to like an adult baby spear. Yeah. Um, being like one of the last people defending dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forgot who the guy was. It was some, seminar i watched where was talking about dinosaurs and man coexisting young earth creation and he's like you know how the dinosaurs died because somebody killed the last dinosaur that's how the dinosaurs died and so that would be another interesting thing that it wasn't even climate change or um but it was just prejudice against dinosaurs we're gonna hunt them down we're gonna kill them all and them trying to defend the you know the babies of fang or whatever else um that'd be interesting i've watched that uh I'd, listen i'll just watch another episode of Baby Fang and Mira. Those are interesting characters enough. Or um, I thought, too, it would be fun if they would have uh, – I never thought of his name or even looked it up. But the big giant dude from Colosseus, if he were to, like – instead of going home, if he were to join them, it was this growing tribe of misfits that they <laughs> had accumulated. Fan of that, too. Um, uh, spinoff, I would have loved to see actually more of a prequel, uh, you know, who Fang – or who Spear was, you know, before that loss or um, – yeah, or maybe even like I did kind of like the the modern episode. If you had a archaeologist that was like studying things that he found, and then that kind of cuts back to scenes of Fang and Spear kind of interspliced, um, I think just we'll showing the different primal natures of yes. mankind throughout history. Yes, I think it'd be fun, or, yeah. or even even just like him studying these things and and it being a scene of spear and fang that we didn't see in season one and season two you know like he finds this 
excavates this area uh, and goes, oh, look at these things. We have spears and very sharp weapons in the same place. Well, let's That's jump right. into the series. Let's put ourselves inside it. I've got several questions here uh, that are for you, Hector. Uh, if okay. you could have a prehistoric companion slash mount, what would you choose? It's probably not the most practical, but I would go with the Triceratops. Okay. Um, I just like Triceratops. Yeah. Um, the horns provide good safety. They're not the fastest or anything, but uh, it's also low to the ground, so less chance of me like falling off and dying. True, um, you know, and and they eat plants, and so the likelihood of them getting really hungry and deciding you look like a snack is very small, very small. Yeah. I did, you know, with uh, with Fang, that was always, you know, if he gets really hungry on this raft, he might eat you. He might eat you. Um, no, it's not a bad choice at all. Not a bad choice at all. Uh, I don't know if it's my uh, memories of He Man, but I thought a giant saber toothed tiger like that was uh, that would be little little battle cat that'd be that was that was my my thought there no, i like it i like it uh all right so spear ends up using many different weapons what do you think you would have chosen to carry um i think i would go with a club with spikes a club with spikes why club with spikes i don't know maybe it's like my comic book background or whatever else just like i've seen a baseball bat with nails be like one of the most effective <laughs> Uh, zombie tools or things like that. So a club with spikes kind of just hits home for me. I got you. Um, it's also easy enough to make that if I destroy one, I can make another one relatively easy. I got you. Um, uh, yes. So prehistoric weapons, club of spikes. I like that. If I could have two hand axes, that's another thing. Just to be able to just swing one and the other, one and the other. Uh, especially in some of those episodes where they were not taking on a singular target, but as they did in many of them, many, many targets. Um, yeah, I would have done that. I also like the the pictures of a shield being used as a club and then stab. Yeah. Knock, stab. Um, but yes, uh, I also enjoyed having Mira use the uh, use archery using long distance to be able to to pick off. And why, why did her hair never grow back? That was another question that I was like, I don't understand... Like the time frame here, she had hair in the uh, in the flashback episode, but it never grew at all after they had given the. You know, I understand not growing where the scar is, maybe, but she never had hair. That that just may have been a cultural thing for her, maybe. Well, I mean, but she she had a she had hair before she was captured, right? So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she kept it clean. Maybe it was so that we would know that was Mira. The bald girl. Yeah. That's that's more, it. That's more it. than likely. More than likely. <laughs> um, all right. Would you have rather roamed around like Spear? Which I feel like that's where they were kind of aiming towards the end of season two. That 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 Mira was stationary. She was home. Um, and uh, even Fang was kind of home, but Spear was going to continue to roam. It sounded like. Would you rather? Are you the guy that would like to roam like Spear, or found a place to kind of settle like Mira? I am down for roaming as long as I've got at least a companion. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, on to the next adventure. Let's find something else new. Um, I, I'd say it probably would be be very similar. Very similar. Let's see what else is out there. Uh, I'm I the guy. Wanna, I wouldn't want to roam by myself, but past that, yeah. Yes. No, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I'm the guy that go gets lost because we're going to try going a different way to the same place we've been a thousand times. Let's see what's down this road. Let's just drive and see what's down this road. Which I had to. I had a. Uh, uh, test. I'm going to be teaching middle school math in the fall, and so I had to take this test to prove that I knew how to do fractions. Um, and so 
I thought, oh, I'll take this new route that I've never taken before and was almost late to this test, this standardized test. So it doesn't always work out well for me, but I do like to do like to explore. Yes, I would have roamed as well, um, not wanting to stay in one place. Although, you know, you clear out all the uh, all the actual predators and then they would move on and then find new predators. So maybe if they would have sat still, they would have been okay, but it's okay. Last, this or that question, what creature did they choose for the show that would have done you in, or is there another animal creature threat that would terrify you if it had been primalized? I'm going to straight up go back to that uh, trippy zombie drug viral episode. Whatever that <laughs> dinosaur was that was chasing them was like, nope, you did it. Good job. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, you know, and honestly, I don't think I finished that episode because I think it did like it was freaking me out. I'm watching it at dark or in dark with my headphones on. I'm like, I I get it. I get it. Let's go to the next one. And then the next <laughs> one was the um the druid magic one. I was like, this is not much better. This is also really kind of creepy. Uh for me, no. it was early on in the sea in the series, it was the snakes in the water. Snake, I don't do snakes. Oh. I don't do snakes. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm, don't like them. Uh and a having them it was like a snake avalanche and then they're in the water with them yeah that that would have been a little that was that was could not have done that one was gonna die on that one um go back and finish the trippy episode go back and finish it all right yeah. i'll do it i'll do it that was uh that was something that was something all right so uh thoroughly enjoyed this thoroughly enjoyed the show uh hector i want to know kind of some things that are going on you are the guy that's got 19 side hustles. Uh, what is your what is your actual job? Do you what's your actual job that you do? My actual job is I am the location pastor of a church in Lumberton, North Carolina. So, okay. uh, I there our church has three locations, and I'm over the location in my town. Okay, all right. Uh, but you have you have infinite side hustles, infinite side hustles. You mentioned a dozen of them earlier that you said you've done between June and the first week of July. Um, but you mentioned earlier, I'd asked you uh, before we started recording a couple things that you would want to plug things that are coming up. So what are some things that you go? These are things that I like to do side hustles. I do that people can connect with you to get more Hector Murray. What are some ways that they can do that? So uh, on the con world, I am going to be at galaxy con Raleigh at the end of July and some other shows heaven up, but uh, I have a booth at cons and, it's always a good place to come connect with me there at the faith and fandom booth there. But, uh, um, so what do you, what do you sell at your booth at cons? So, uh, I write a book series called faith and fandom. That's nerdy devotionals, um, Bible studies. And so at my booth, I'll have all, uh, a lot of my books. I don't carry all of my books anymore because it gets expensive to print that many books. Mm. Um, and, uh, cause I think if you include some of the smaller stuff I've done, I've got 17 books now. Okay. And so it's just like, I can't afford to, keep printing all these um but uh i've got boot i've got my books i make nerdy candles like i make candles that look like the death star or d20s or bb8s or playstation controllers um i make some stickers and design those uh i also have some kind of like meme shirts that i make that are like nerd stuff bible quote memes so that's at my booth and then usually at uh shows especially like galaxy con they'll give me a panel where i can discuss like just people to come in the room and discuss their thoughts on like where faith and pop culture meets and their experiences. Cause we'll get up, we'll get like a lot of people that have come in, like, you know, you know, when I was a kid, Pokemon was the devil and I wasn't allowed to, you know, have, (laughs) you know, whatever. And you'll have people that are talking about their trauma. Then you'll have people that are talking about their encouragement. And that's been really good. Um, and, but then like, uh, at a galaxy con, uh, I'll have a Sunday morning church service. That's like, you know, 200 people that 
paid fifty dollars to get in the door and then chose to go to a church service. So I'm like, God bless y'all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, all that, and then I'm also uh, currently writing Faith and Fandom book nine. Um, I just put out a new Faith and Fandom that's 101 mini devotionals. So okay. like one page, one and a half page devotionals, real short ones. Um, but book nine, I'm working on right now. So that's kind of coming along. So is eight the mini devotionals, or did you do a mini devotionals in addition to Faith and Fandom eight? In addition. Uh, okay. The mini one is called uh, Faith and Fandom Bite Size. Okay. It looks like a bowl of cereal. Oh. Nice. Uh, I mentioned that I had uh, gotten Faith and Fandom 5 because, you know, you'd put a on the list of nerd topics covered, Ready Player One. And I it was funny because the reason you wrote it or at the beginning of that devotional, you said that um, I forgot which nerd box it was that sent that out. But I got that same nerd box. And I'm going, why do they the put a book in here? Why, why, why do they why do they put this in here? And it went up on my shelf and I was like, cool, I got a book that I'm not planning on reading. Um, and uh, eventually I pulled it down. I was like, oh, let me read this. And yeah, uh, suck me in real quick, real quick. And I have either read or listened to it a half a dozen times, that book in, in itself. Uh, and I mean, a lot of his, I, I think I've read all his stuff. It's not as good as Ready Player One, but it's, no. not, it's not terrible. Um but I enjoyed the the idea of taking this this aspect of nerd culture and let's let's look and see if we can find the the God story in it, which is not an impossibility in anything no. to be able no. to do. It really isn't because uh, I we did this uh, I guess it was Sunday after church and we were we do all kinds of I, I try to do different things with my kids. I've got a uh, twelve year old or almost twelve year old should be twelve on um, Tuesday. We've got a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And I try to do different things around the dinner table between praying and whatever else. And so this last Sunday was let's thank God for things that he's made. Like, like what are some things that God has made? Uh, and one of the ones we talked about was story, that God made story, that God could have made this world, and it was all data and facts and not story. But I'm glad that God made story. So I enjoy getting your uh, reading those devotions in in five. I've got five right now. Um what is maybe one of the top, the chapters, the themes you're most excited about or, or really, really enjoyed discussing in nine? Ooh. Um, I know, choosing your favorite child. Tell me your favorite child. <laughs> uh, so I hmm, probably there's there's a deep, deep dive on Anakin Skywalker from like beginning to end Okay, on like, you know tipping points in his story but like yeah. and how we what we do with uh the people we consider irredeemable and mm. like how much redemption has to take place for us to consider redemption mm. it's like vader's redemption arcs like 30 seconds it's like so yeah. you know like what do you do with that so there, there's one on that and then i also have one on uh nate shelley from ted lasso okay um and it's just a very much a prodigal son story i'm currently the chapter i'm writing right now is on um across the spider verse um but i've been on the road so much i've only watched it once i need to okay. watch it again before i like yeah, yeah yeah actually start writing stuff view one is for for enjoyment and then view two is for work yeah that makes sense it's but that's the thing too like you know if a lot of times anytime my family is watching something i'll end up like taking notes or like if it's especially if it's home i'm like rewind that hold on yep. <laughs> and uh it's it's at the point now where my oldest daughter who's 15 uh if she hears something uh she won't even look at me she'll just pause rewind and go back yeah, to yeah. it 
because <laughs> she knows what I'm doing. That's good. That's real good. That's real good. Fantastic. Um, no, so that's Faith of Phantom Nine. Uh, you said you're working on that one now, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Any idea when it'll be? It'll be done, ready to go. I I would love to say October. Okay. Um. Uh. The my I have a secondary editor for like my smaller books and stuff that I do. Um. They're the stuff that takes a lot less work. Um. But like a Faith and Phantom proper takes a lot more work to on the editing level, and my editor runs a summer camp mm. so they're a little so, busy a little busy a little busy and like i had a i had a fine line uh even for the bite size one of like okay i have to get you this whole book done by march mm. if you're gonna do it in time and i didn't have it done so <laughs> <laughs> um so i got it done for my con season but i didn't have it done for him to work on it so but i'll probably that but also i just I try really hard never to force or shoehorn anything. Like if I'm not encouraged or inspired by it, I'm not going to take my time to do it. Yeah. And there hasn't been a lot of great lately. There's been a lot of mm. mediocre or, uh, and also in a lot of ways, like um, I do a uh, weekly radio show for uh love thy nerd, like a three minute nerd devotional mm-hmm. um, that goes on their radio thing. And like, so sometimes a lot of the stuff that I have that would be like, eventually fleshed out i like i'll put out in that little three minute thing i'm done with you bye um right right so it's a little harder with that um but yeah that's that's what i'm i I would love to say october i got you well when there's not a whole lot of great now you just do uh you you just do classic man you just go classic you go we're doing we're doing faith and fandom classic that's it and it's nothing that's come out uh you know, before night 1990 was 30 years ago, dude. Like that doesn't, that doesn't oh, feel aware. right. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> that's feel right. Um, but yes, you, I, that's what I'm watching with my kids right now. We're all movies that were released before 1990. I love my kids. They, they sit there and they, my daughter said, she goes, these are better because they don't have to rely on computer graphics. They just tell a good story. I go, they do. Don't they? They tell a good story. That's good stuff. Um, well, fantastic. So uh, your uh, social handles at faith and fandom, Instagram and Facebook, Anything else that uh, you want to plug? Don't you got a podcast you do too? I have a podcast that I do, and like uh, because of the cycles my life goes in, there's not all it's not always content. Um, but uh, if you just look up Faith and Fandom wherever you get podcasts, or it's a uh, Faith and Fandom I've got um, I'll take I do a pull a comics podcast with Love Thy Nerd, and I'll eventually put all of those episodes on there for the pull list. I'll put all of the little radio shows will go on there. I but you. I also, I do a review of every con I go to. We call it artist alley aftermath. That's right. Yeah. Do that. Um, and then for like, so one of the things that we've done, especially since the pandemic was every chapter from every book is on our website for free. Okay. So if you go to faith and and you click the blog section, you can literally put book eight, book seven, book five, or whatever. <laughs> or you can click Star Wars, and it'll put all the Star Wars chapters from all the books in one spot. Okay. Anime, all in one spot. And so, but one of the things I'm doing for, like, so all the chapters for book nine are up there now mm. as rough drafts. Right. Um, so you can go in and read those now, but I also have all the audio versions of that. Okay. Um, so, like, just this week, I put out a Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom chapter um and you can listen to that on the website and you can also uh read of that so nice and that's and that's one of my favorite things too like with the website now is like when i'm at a con if you know i'm talking to somebody about something i was like look if you don't want to buy a book you can read all this here give them a card and you know usually i get a lot of good responses from people that will just 
I've seen people stand there at the booth and like pull up their phone and start browsing through a chapter. I'm like, the book's in front of you. You could have just done that too, but you know, yeah. whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. do. Yeah. Uh, you do you. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, Hector, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking primal with me. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime soon. Sounds great, man. All right. Well, thank you for spending time with us today, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hector as much as I did. Again, if you want to check out his stuff, he is at Faith and Fandom, both on Instagram and uh, Facebook. You can find his books on uh, on Kindle, on Amazon. You can search Hector Mirai, M-I-R-A-Y, or Faith and Fandom, and they'll come up there, and they're, they're well-written. Uh, I, I would encourage you to check them out and read them and uh, enjoy that. If you are enjoying the content, don't forget to subscribe. Next week's episode is Steve Valdez and Six of Crows. So uh, you don't want to miss that one. It's a great uh, fantasy steampunk heist book. So check it out. We'll be posting that in a couple weeks. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment so we know you're there. If you're watching on or if you're listening on Apple iTunes, I would encourage you to leave us a review and a five-star rating. That really helps others to find the show. If you have the podcast app on an iPhone, it's easy to leave a review, and I would even probably give you some money if you would leave us a good review. Uh, I would at least buy you lunch. I'd at least buy you lunch. So do that for us so we can uh, be seen by others. If you want to share this show, it, the easiest way to do that is go to nextgennerd.com. All our episodes are there. You can click the share button and uh, share it on your on your social media. You can share it via email. Uh, you can find backlog episodes. I encourage you to do that to check out the stuff that we've done in the past. Links to so much more are in the show notes. Uh, they're available either in your podcast app or in the bottom of the YouTube video or at nextgennerd.com. And if you want even more nextgennerd, you can find me on Instagram at nextgen underscore nerd or on Twitter at nextgen underscore nerd. Well, that's it for this episode. Until next time. Peace out, Seacrest. <laughs>